Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And the seasons, they go round and round, and the pains are pouring. Fred and Vicki Modell had a tragedy in their lives, the loss of their 15-year-old son, Jeffrey. And how you go on beyond that is really beyond many people's ability to imagine. And yet Fred and Vicki did go on, and they started a foundation in their son's name and honor. They gave enough money to this foundation to begin to prevent other children from suffering from this disease, primary immunodeficiency, which few people know much about. The foundation is dedicated to early and precise diagnosis, meaningful treatments, and ultimately cures of primary immunodeficiencies. And for this reason, Fred and Vicki Modell are this week's People United Bank hometown heroes. Welcome to Lunch with Lisa Vicki and Fred Modell. Hi, Lisa. Thank I'm you. very happy to have you with us today. Before we get started, because this is such a small world, Fred, you and I have a small world story, don't we? Oh, I think we may be related. I think we may be related through <laughs> relations, right? <laughs> Although this relation, your, your last name is Modell, and my mom's or my grandma's first cousin is the Modell family, and Art Modell is the relation that we thought that we had and what we do have in common. Of course, I've never met him. Well, we've met Art Modell, and he's a wonderful, uh, he was a, a great, great leader in the um, <clears throat> National Football League. And You don't want to say that in Cleveland, though. No, but Cleveland, <laughs> we have a We're tr- not welcome to No, <laughs> we have trouble getting a reservation with the name Modell in Cleveland. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. But anyway, that's the relative that we have in common, so I'm very happy to meet you. Well, thank you, Meet Lisa. both of you. Thank you. So, Vicki, tell us what happened to your son, Jeffrey. Well, in 1970, let's go all the way back to 1970, our first child, Jeffrey, was born. He came into our lives very cherished, very wanted, and he was perfect at birth. So we took him home, 
and we made all the wonderful dreams and all the wonderful plans that parents do for their firstborn. And um, he was fabulous. But at nine months old, Jeffrey developed hepatitis and a very, very high fever. Uh, he was immediately hospitalized at uh, Mount Sinai in New York City. And within two to three days, we had a, a diagnosis. And that diagnosis was called hypogammaglobulin anemia. It was the longest word we had ever heard. We were young parents. We were desperately frightened. They told us it was extremely rare, that the diagnosis was certain, but the prognosis for Jeffrey was unclear. And maybe if we just crossed our fingers and tried to be as cautious as we could with him, he might, he might make it through a, a perfectly normal life, but they didn't know. So, of course, that confused us even more, and we, we um, took him home from the hospital, and fortunately, the next few years, he really was quite well, and we thought, well, maybe the diagnosis is wrong, or maybe it's a very mild form of it. So he had a very normal life the first few years. He had play dates, and he traveled with us. And, and developmentally, he walked and talked at proper times? He was perfect. He was perfect size, perfect weight, uh, pink and blue eyes, and um, seemed very, very healthy. And his doctors were very pleased. So unfortunately, when he entered the school years, many children develop more infections than usual once they go into nursery school and kindergarten, and Jeffrey did, but his infections were um, more severe, longer, longer duration, and closer in between each infection. When you say infections, what are we talking about? We're talking about the common upper respiratory infections, colds, and things like that. What are we talking about? Well, very often um, with many of the patients, it is. It's very, very common infections like bronchitis, ear infections that are severe enough that they recur and recur or sinus infections. Um, Jeffrey and many of the patients have other kinds of complications with their blood. I see. So that there are platelet issues and white cells and red cell issues that, of course, make them more ill than the average person. Um, but he, he really, I would have to say, and I'm sure Fred would agree with me, that he, he pretty much thrived through his early years, and he was the most fun-loving child, um, never paid attention to his illnesses, and always picked up right afterwards and kept going. Um, unfortunately, in his teen years, his disease worsened. And Were you still working with this original diagnosis? Still with the original diagnosis. And I must say that within all these years, we had traveled the world um, searching for the best immunologists and the best con consultations uh, to see if somebody could shed another light on Jeffrey's disease. So literally, we traveled the world. And um, in his teen years, um, unfortunately, science hadn't caught up to Jeffrey. It's not that the physicians weren't well-meaning, and after all, they really did keep him alive for so many years in spite of this serious diagnosis. Um, unfortunately, when he was 15 years old, he developed a very serious uh, type of pneumonia called pneumocystis pneumonia, and people who are immune deficient can develop this pneumonia. And for Jeffrey, at that time in 1986, it was fatal. And so we lost him. 
And I'm those, so sorry. Yeah, it, it's it was uh, terribly heartbreaking, and um, you know all the dreams we did have. I talked about all his plans and all the plans he had made for himself. I mean, he wanted to grow up and be something special, and um, so when he died, um, he took away all those plans, all those shattered dreams, all the unanswered prayers, because he always said to his doctors, do something. I know you can do something. And he had a sense of humor. He'd say, you went to medical school. You've got to know what to do for me. And then he'd say to, to us, to Fred and myself, come on, you went to college. You're smart. There's got to be something you can do for me. This is Lisa Wexler. I'm speaking with Vicki and Fred Modell, and we're talking about Jeffrey Modell, their son, who passed away from primary immunodeficiency. Vicki, tie this into me in terms of names. You're talking about having had a diagnosis of something with globulin in it, which I can't remember the whole name. <laughs> and But is that, in fact, now primary immunodeficiency? Are we talking, is primary immunodeficiency an umbrella name of a lot of diseases? What is it? Well, Jeffrey was diagnosed with something called hypogammaglobulin anemia, which meant that he could not produce gamma globulin in his own blood. Okay. Most of us can. Um, in those days, it wasn't even called primary immunodeficiency. They told us he had an immune system defect. Today, it's called primary immune deficiency. The disease he had is called common variable immune deficiency. So it's a different disease. In other words, the diagnosis really wasn't correct. Probably not okay. correct, not precise. All right. Because today they can break it down to the, the basic molecular level to tell you exactly what kind of defect you have. I see. But there are today 150 primary immunodeficiencies and 120 genes have been discovered. Now, are all these genes, do they all lead to these kind of p potential fatalities? Well, there is such a wide range of diseases. It goes from um, common variable, which is the most common of the immune deficiencies, affects the most people, maybe one in 300 people, one in 400. It could even be one in 250. We don't know yet. Is this acquired through a disease like hepatitis, or is this something you're born with? It's primary, which means that, that mean? it is genetic. It is inherited. It is um, a flaw from birth. That makes you more susceptible to things like hepatitis Correct. or whatever. I see. Your predisposition to, to these infections. Uh, Fred, tell me about the foundation. When did it start? Did you contribute your own money? Did you raise money? Talk about the foundation. Well, after Jeffrey died, um, we decided to start a public charity and raise money from the public uh, for these diseases. Now, the most amazing thing is Vicki's told you a little bit about our story and about Jeffrey, but the remarkable thing is we never met one other family, not one family, who was going through the same thing we were. Jeffrey never met one other child who had a primary deficiency disease. And uh, so we started the foundation. We, we contacted just about everybody we could, the, uh, the, the barber and the tailor and the friends and the doorman of the building, and we said, um, can you help us with this because there's very little research for it. And, um, and that was the beginning of the foundation. And in case my cousin Barbara's listening, I must tell you that the very first donation to the foundation 
was a $500 check from my cousin. And she said, from here, I want it to just explode. So, and this foundation has a tremendous amount of assets today, doesn't it? I mean, I read about this foundation. How many assets does this foundation have? Well, we've raised over $50 million uh, towards these diseases, and we have uh, uh, support from the, the public, from friends and, and people who are interested in this area. The government, we have a uh, CDC a grant. We've worked with the NIH. We have supported pharmaceutical companies. And um, so it's become very much a worldwide effort. And what does your foundation do? Well, there are really uh, five um, elements to it, and we try to do each one of them reasonably balanced. So it's not one of these five, it's, it's a little of all. We do research, basic and clinical research, at the major academic teaching hospitals. You founded chair people. You have actual doctors devoted because of the largesse of this foundation specifically to studying the genes and prevention of this. Exactly. Just, just to this. Uh, we do physician education so that the primary care physicians, pediatricians, can learn about this. We do uh, research, education, patient support, public awareness, and advocacy in Washington. Vicki, you should know, is a star when she appears before the uh, Congressional Appropriations Subcommittee on Health. She tells the story not only of us but of so many families we've heard from, and uh, it resonates, and uh, we get help from the government. Vicki, you feel like uh, Ms. Smith or Mr. Smith goes to Washington when you testify? I do. I yeah. mean, it's intimidating, but... Um, but, in, but beautiful, too. It's beautiful, and it's a privilege and an honor, really, to be invited to do so. And I must say that um, they treat me very well. They welcome me beautifully and, and relax me before I actually have to give the testimony um, because I give it, um, you know, from my heart. It's um, very and, personalized. And you're doing this so that the government will give money towards finding cures for this disease. Is this a disease? How should I refer to this properly? You can refer to it as um, a set of diseases. A set what, of diseases. What you said earlier was correct. It's an umbrella term okay. for 150 known diseases today. And are these, uh, if these are genetically identified, um, is the idea that eventually, genetically, they can be uh, fixed? I mean, what, is, what are we trying to do here? We know the human being is not perfect. What are we trying to do after we identify the gene? Well, once you identify the gene and you can see where the defect is, um, hopefully uh, pharmaceuticals and uh, drugs would be able to intervene and um, make up for whatever is lost. Um, the gamma globulin um, actually is replaced in our patients intravenously every three to four weeks. Our kids have to have intravenous treatments of these antibodies that they are missing, but that keeps them very, very healthy. Um, we also are looking forward to a future of gene therapy, and if we can know exactly which gene and exactly where it's located, we can successfully, and they have successfully, done gene therapy on maybe uh, 14 or 15 of our patients, the most severe form of our patients. This is Lisa Wexler. Stay with us. We're talking with Vicki and Fred Modell about primary immunodeficiency. And the seasons, they go round and round, and the painted ponies go up and down. We're captive on the carousel. Turn, we can only look 
Lisa Wexler. Welcome back to Lunch with Lisa. We're talking with Vicki and Fred Modell about primary immunodeficiency disease, and they have begun this foundation. I want you to check out their website. What's the address, Fred? What's the- it's www.info4pi.org. That's the number four, info4pi.org. And if you can't remember that, you can always go to lunchwithlisa.com and look up today's show and get in that way. Or just type in primary immunodeficiency, which is a long word, but you'll get right to their Model Foundation. <laughs> I was so impressed, I am so impressed with the website itself, which reveals all the work you're doing. It's also in Spanish, which I thought was particularly helpful and um, accessible to a lot of people. And you talk about these 10 warning signs of primary immunodeficiency. The foundation, I understand, has distributed these 10 warning signs. Vicki, in how many places? Every hospital? I think it's in 30 to 35 languages, so it's all over the world. It's all, but it's also in schools, correct? It's in schools, it's in emergency rooms, and pediatrician offices, internists. And, and if you have the warning signs, and we're gonna go into them in just a minute, but if you have some of these and you're alert because you know that it isn't an average cold, it isn't a kid who's getting sick, enough, uh, the average amount, it's, it's somewhere different than that. It's something more serious than that. What is the prognosis today once you find out that, in fact, your child may have one of these? Well, it's certainly better to know than not to know. Because, because there are things you can do. Because there are things you can do for these kids, um, even correct antibiotics, if, if that's the course, to know which antibiotics will work best on a child who's immune deficient. I mean, for example, my daughter had two sets of ear tubes before she was three years old. She and she had, and one of these things is eight or more new ear infections within one year. Well, she had that. Two or more serious sinus infections within one year, maybe. Two or more months on antibiotics with little effect. That's the difference. She was on antibiotics, but they worked. They worked. Um, the hallmark of these diseases is recurrent recurring and recurring and over and over and over again. That's really the theme. And so my advice would be if your children do have these rather common symptoms. And you can go on the website and look at these warning signs if you have any inkling as a parent that maybe they're not quite right. Then go to your pediatrician and say, let's rule out primary immune deficiency. And you can rule it out with a blood test? You can rule it out with a simple CBC blood test. 95% 95% of the immune deficiencies. And if Jeffrey were alive now in 2006, would current medicine have been able to keep him alive longer? Have we progressed that far or not really? We have progressed tremendously. Even just in the last 10 years, we've progressed more than they had in 50 years. So, yes. Um, and this is largely as- due to your work. I would like to think that um, Jeffrey created a a legacy, and yes, that we have been able to disseminate the information, to educate physicians to make earlier proper diagnosis. We've encouraged the pharmaceutical companies to make better treatments, safer, more effective treatments, and we are pleased to be on this program, Lisa, and we thank you so much because this is how we can get our message out. And I know today we probably will make life better for some child. Do you have other children? We have a daughter who is uh, 33 years old today, um, our daughter Lori. And uh, Lori has um, mental retardation, but she's perfectly healthy and happy, and she's probably the happiest person I know. 
And is it fair to say that your life today is devoted to this foundation and to preventing and promoting the signs of this? We give 100% of our time, literally 100% of our time, to the foundation, and we love what we do. And we always said when Jeffrey was sick that if we can't change, we'll rearrange. Vicki and Fred Modell, I'm so pleased to have you on the show. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.